friends of Money Madness and welcome to the latest This Belgian Little Football Podcast. Smooth entry. Very smooth entry. Um, Consider I nearly went, gave it the old name. Yeah. <laughs> Not the new name. The new and improved uh, Liquid Football Podcast. Um, Jonathan and Rachel just joining you this week. Uh, Neil's too busy fighting uh, wild dogs in the Romanian forest to join us. So uh, it's just a two-person team this time. And, it is. Uh, it's going to be fun because... Uh, you know, Who's going to have more fun? Yeah. Neil fighting off rabid wolves? Or us talking about rabid wolves? I'd like to think that... Um, I don't know. Are wolves doing well? I wolves are doing quite well, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're not rabid as such. They're right. actually being quite like thorough, methodical, I guess. Thoroughbred? Thoroughbred, yeah. Thoroughbred wolves. Yeah, thoroughbred wolves, yeah. Okay. We already have a title for the podcast. That's great. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a new record time. But yeah, look, it's, it's a good thing there's only with two, two people here then this week because there's actually been nothing happening at all. Nothing it's been really at all. Quiet. So quiet. Really quiet into it all. Like, Twitter has been at nothing. Yeah, it's been completely quiet. Yeah. It's all everyone's all about talking about like daffodils or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, those other plants. Oh, those other plants, was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, all right. I wasn't sure. I have been keeping the up with the discourse. The one that James McLean hates. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah I think he's allergic. It could be, yeah. It's yeah, he's really, really bad, like hay fever from Yeah, yeah. kept sneezing. Yeah. Any case, so... Um, we're obviously being as facetious as we possibly can there because... Uh, it's been motherfucking hectic! <laughs> a lot of shit is happening, so we have a lot to get through. Um, but we are going to do what we normally do, which is the rundown. We'll talk about all the Premier League results from uh, last week and this week that are currently happening at time of recording. So like, by, literally currently happening. Yeah, we're actually watching Norwich Arsenal at the minute, and things are going... Interestingly, I think no, it's fair to say. Know, Arsenal on the back of a quite a busy few days... Indeed, it's been a sev- several hectic evenings, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Although it's, um, as the you may evenings, have noticed... Those evenings may be cold. <laughs> and they're no longer happening. Um, so, but before we have to get to that, we have to talk about the other North London side first. Ah. Because they've had a quite interesting week as well. Yeah, they are now known as Spirinio. Spirinios, yes. Um, get, getting stale in stores now, folks. Um... We'll start off with that game first of all. First off, it was the the morning kickoff uh, on the last Saturday, which was a three two win against West Ham away yeah. from home. But that doesn't tell the whole story. No, it doesn't. Um, because a couple of days beforehand, Mauricio Pochettino was sacked by Tottenham Hotspur. Now this came out of the blue. Completely out of the blue. Considering right. that this was like ten days deep into the interval as well, and the last was last game they had was that draw against Sheffield United. A fairly I guess conspicuous draw like it wasn't their worst game of the season by any by any, any stretch it just was there obviously was something going on between Levy and Pochettino at the time that was the end of it and they decided to part ways but I just found it interesting he was actually sacked as opposed to him resigning Very I, re- I really feel like they were trying to push him into resigning um, but he just was like no I'm not resigning give no. me my money bitch exactly yeah when you're getting the severance of what 15 million thereabouts yeah, yeah I don't think you're going to be uh, resigning anytime soon but, again, you thought that, okay, that's fine, Pochettino leaving, you're expecting him to go, maybe this is the end of his project. And the person they bring in is perhaps the exact opposite of, uh, of what you'd expect, and that's Jose Mourinho. Um, this I'm one... really, re- this is shocking to me, because, um, like, okay, no one was really expecting Pochettino to be sacked in the manner that it was, but how quickly they had replaced him as mm-hmm. well. So it was obviously something that was in the works, that Levi was obviously trying to... Uh, organised Mourinho during the interval. Yeah. Um, now, Arsenal had been quite heavily linked with Mourinho, but that was through the media more so than any... And a few and a few kind of fan groups that were... I don't think they really kind of wanted uh, Arsenal's best interest. They just wanted to be winners again. Yeah. Which I don't think is kind of a fair assessment. Um, 
Yeah, I, I kind of the timing of it was very very unusual. Just how sudden it was, um, as is often the case with some of these managers, they're always in whenever like it gets lined, wherever they have a replacement lined up straight away. Yeah, it always seems to just move that a little bit faster, you know. Um, but so the fact that like not only did they um really announce that spur that Pochettino was going like sometime like during the evening, like it was maybe, like seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah, because I. Is, Oh, which is an off peak time social media wise, like <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people are at football training and yeah. stuff like that. Like I came back from I think it was on the, my way back from the gym and mm. I was kinda like literally had gone into the shower and came out of the shower and my phone had like fifteen notifications yeah. from you and Neil being like, Oh my god Yeah. And then also Twitter and then Google also thought it'd be a good idea to tell me about this. Because you wanted to know, you know? yeah, yeah, uh, and it, you know, yeah, it was. Um, but then, like straight away, then it was being replaced, like heavily linked with Mourinho, Mourinho in Tottenham Stadium, and now, he's the only was, person being mentioned too. Like yeah. he was literally the only person. So uh, the thing is, like, you can ex- if you look at their results, like it's not surprising he was sacked. Mm. But if you look at the media coverage of Spurs, it's always been so positive, and they haven't been reporting any dis. Like there's okay, the rumors of certain people's wives being Upsubstantiated internet rumors that we cannot mention. Because being, of legal legal action being taken, yeah, uh, <laughs> being taken uh, by legal action, etc. Yes, uh, I et cetera, don't know how to Super injunction, blah blah blah. blah. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, but even then, even the announcement even from then, Mourinho was then, so like like six a.m. in the morning, like just so bizarre. The timing was so off, like. It just seemed like literally just once it was happened. There have been just... no links for Mourinho to Spurs. All the links have been uh, Mourinho to Arsenal mm. at this stage. Well, that, that was the thing because he was still living in London. He said like he still wanted his next club to be English. So I think it was already. I think there was already something in the pipeline saying that once once it was time, once Pochettino was gone, Mourinho was going to take that job. And everyone just presumed Emery would go. First. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, in any case, his first uh, j- match on the job was that win against West Ham. Um, that's a nice start to have for any manager fucking great start like you, I mean like you're kind of expecting a team <clears throat> when they get a new manager to get that kind of new manager boost mm. <coughs> Freddie <laughs> um, I hope you're listening uh, but yeah no like there's no kind of nicer team to come up against than um, West Ham who mm. probably would have a better chance keeping clean sheets if they put an animate carbon rod in goal absolutely appalling I mean um I remember watching the goals and like the the one thing I say about the Spurs team is that my kind of like remark on like having Mourinho as manager of the Spurs team is that absurdly it actually suits their team quite well you know because I looked at the lineup and they've like, got old tall big blokes at the back mm, and that's kind of like his go to starter a little bit yeah I mean like for the most part like, the defense is is terrible like you still got like mad people like Aria and Rose at the back but the mid but I feel like the like Mourinho loves doing the four five one. That's yeah. like that was the formation he made famous, and he's actually doing. He's actually got a really good front four there in the fact that he can play Mora and Son on the wing and break Ali, and they have a choice of Ali or Eriksson playing as number ten, and then Kane just basically plays like drop and just feeds on scraps for the game. Yeah, and it works out so well, and they got goals like Son scored, Mora cut, Mora scored, Ali having a superb game in this one, and then it ends up getting a whole lot of goals uh, later on in the week, um. But yes, certainly having a goalkeeper like Roberto definitely helped out that measure. Because even the song goal, he does save the ball, but he's just his arms are so he's just so bad at being a keeper. He doesn't save the save the ball. How like. do you get to play in the Premiership 
you use a free transfer. your arms don't actually match the <laughs> movements that you've controlled them with. Like, I know. It's just like his brain is like, go left. And his arms are like, like, like I don't know. <laughs> he's Which like, way is left? He's like, he's like if, a, if, a, if a controller is disconnected during do FIFA. You know, do you know when you see a baby learning how to grab something for the first time? Yes. And they can't quite grasp distance. <laughs> yes. And like the, the spoon is right in front of them, but they're reaching into the air. That is Roberto. That's the problem with Roberto. He's no object permanence. That's his problem. <laughs> Once the ball's gone, he forgets about it and just moves on with the rest of his day. His um, arms are still in baby mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of a good thing in, in a sense because at this stage, it looked like Pellegrini was really in trouble here because it was his call and particularly his director of football's call to get players like them in. The likes of Roberto, the likes of like Haller, who had a good few weeks and then disappeared followed, off the face, disappeared of the off face of the earth again. And they have such like ridiculous like um kind of like marquee players, but they're just not doing anything. They're, you know, like literally, they are trash at the minute. Yeah, and it's scarce like the t- even the two guys that scored scored was like their two like most like I guess veteran players, even like Ogbonna and uh, and Antonio, and even then like they you could have argued that West Ham should have made a three all too. Like they got they had a goal disallowed. So, like, yeah, by any stretch of the, like, you can't really say that Spurs did very well to win. Like, it wasn't Mourinho. Like, it they was started off well and will big time. West Ham out-shitted them. Yeah, basically. Basically. It, it is, in essence, it looked like a half-time, three and a lot brilliant, looks, looks great. But then, like, come the 70th, 70th mark. And this is kind of a, a trademark of Spurs since Mourinho's taken over. Just really, really afraid at the back. Yeah. You know, they don't have the lasting power. So it'll be interesting to see how they go on from there. Will he will they kinda like sort especially going to Christmas, are they gonna keep the same way or is this just the the spur side for the rest of the season, you know? It will be interesting to see how they get up against the decent teams as well. Yeah, exactly. Um they have a decent Christmas as far as I recall. I yeah. don't think they have any major matches. So it's it's yeah. the it's a perfect time for me to come in and, and start. It's a perfect time also for them to just be crap again. Shit the bed, yeah. yeah it's exactly. amazing. In any case, moving on then to the uh, 3 p.m. kickoffs, we're going to talk about Bournemouth Wolves first. So, just a general one, Wolves are the good ones. Okay. Okay, okay cool. Right. Yeah. So, Wolves beat Bournemouth 2 1. Okay. Um, match was very much dependent on. Uh, actually, to be fair, Bournemouth were really in this game at the end. Uh, they were down to 2 0 after half an hour. Moutinho had a fantastic free kick. Like, he came in from, like, he was on the corner of the D and just outswung it, just completely swept nice. around the entire back four. It was great. And Jimenez just played a typical poacher's goal. Um, Bournemouth then down to 10 men. Some of France has got a uh, second yellow card. And bizarrely enough, Bournemouth actually played better <laughs> in the second half with 10 men. Um, I think Wolves were just kind of coasting at this yeah, stage. Yeah, they were probably took the yeah. foot off the pedal and kind of like, yeah, great. Yeah, happy. Because they're apparently good. They are very good. Yeah. And I, I will say, like, out of all the teams like I've seen in the Europa League, Wolves seem to be the team that's actually really enjoying. I said this last time, they really are seem to be enjoying the game in game out system, like because they yeah. are they play more or less the same team each game, and they're all like conserving energy. They're all being very very good at managing games. It helps when you have players like Matinho and Neves in your midfield and old hands like that in there. They, they what the Nuno Santos Santo, Nuno Santo, Nuno Santo, yeah. Nuno Santos, yeah. Nuno Espirito Santo. Is oh, or that Nez sounds like for a, That sounds like a, a car name. It does. It sounds like he's like a GTA, like, like open top car that you'd nick off yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like, and be like garish purple. 
oh yeah, no pink. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. like proper Vice City shit here, you know. <laughs> you know, like playing playing foreigners, you're nicking the Nuno Santo off somebody, you know. <laughs> but uh, yes, he's um, one of the various people linked with uh, the Arsenal job at the moment. Yes, I've heard. I've and heard. he's uh, he would be a good candidate because he is. Spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I think I think I like to think they know by now. It's like mm. it's very hard to avoid the fact that Unai Emery has been sacked. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's like the real reason Neil isn't here is because he's like celebrated he's, and went into a like a drunken tirade. He's had several drunken evenings afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on, then we have uh, Brighton nil Leicester two, a very routine win for Leicester. Yeah, about as good kind team of as a, a low scoreline for them considering they're up against Brighton. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, pretty routine. Uh, yeah, um, we had a bit of our wars in this though, uh, because uh, we had a Vardy had a penalty, yeah. right? Who and he missed and Madison scored, right? But VAR overruled it because <laughs> uh, Madison and other Brighton players encroached into the box, so uh. Vardy retook it and scored. Uh. <laughs> so so not only did Vardy miss a penalty, he scored it. Madison didn't score any goals at all. Then it was just oh, oh that yeah, that's terrible. Um, it was still, by all accounts, about as typical a win for Leicester. So they, they're just now in the role now of just like winning games routinely, and that should scare people. Yeah, least. no, that they're in a they're in a decent role, and I believe they have the most clean sheets in the league so far. That doesn't surprise me. Their yeah. back four has been quite good. Mm. 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 It's just so it's it's just so balanced. It's just seeing a team that just there's nothing that can rattle them really. You know, it's just down to like where can they have they a good catch Christmas. Liverpool? I'd say them as the things stand, they are our closest contender, you know, and we played them on Boxing Day, so. Oh, that should be a fantastic. Yeah, it's a potential in a way, like it'll it'll decide who's like in the title race, you know. Again, this weekend has been very very, uh, good for us. We'll see what happens with the four p.m. kickoff Leicester Everton. Yeah. Which we have, which hasn't happened as a time recording. So. Leicester Everton, I can, I you know I can only see that going one way. Nine nil Leicester. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say like eleven one Everton. Yeah. <laughs> doing Arsenal women on it. Yeah, you'd you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? No, no, that's not gonna. No, happen. no chance. Um, moving on then. So Watford nil Burnley three. Um, a little bit oh, more. Okay. Yeah, a little bit oh, more. Oh no, Watford. Okay, yeah. So they're the bad ones. They're the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they are bottom of the league. Um, Not only that, didn't they just get their manager sacked? They did just get their manager Chico sacked. Kike Flores. Kike Flores. Kike Flores. He was yeah. a sexy cardigan man. Oh yeah, sexy cardigan. No, he, no. Well, to be fair though, he was sexy cardigan man the first time he was in, but now he's a bit more like he's more of a silver fox, and he's not wearing cardigans anymore. Being fired from your job twice. It's sad. It's got. But that, then when you're when you're when you're managing Watford, like you're gonna do that. That's like being like you know Joseph Stalin's fucking. Like personal coach, like you know, why haven't I lost weight? Because you keep eating humans. Well, then you're killed. You know, it's that's that's the nature of the beast. Like, if you're gonna take that job, um, like it's it's kind of sad because like when you do look at the squad, it's not a bad team Watford have. It's just that they're just not good enough anymore. You know, they just lost the they've lost their cohesion. Yeah, yeah, it is. I say that like I know this, but I'm just imagining they had possession. No, you are you are right. What you're saying, they have kind of lost their buzz. You know, the only team, the only player I see actively trying to keep them afloat is Ben Foster. He was absolutely fantastic in this match and still conceded three goals. That should tell you really everything about the, the Watford defence, but it just hasn't worked out for them really. Um like they're kind of their typical routine of like, you know, just like signing loads of players like every season and selling players. This is the one season where they actually try to keep the, the group together. They something like one or two and it just didn't work yeah. out. It's kind of bizarre how like the most chaotic one of the most chaotic teams in the league actively tried to keep things sensible this year and now they're shit in the bed. It's 
It's the it's irony like, of the Premier yeah, League. It's like maybe the chaos suits them. Maybe they need that sort of. They're the same as Chelsea. Maybe know? they should get Emery as a coach. He's certainly on the That's market. Chaos. Although I understand he might be Chris Hewton taking the job. <laughs> or Big Sam. That's oh, what Chris I Hewton. I like Chris Hewton. Yeah. I think he'd be better off. He's not chaos though. No, that's the thing. I mean, he's okay. So maybe he's gonna get these players that like chaos into not liking it, and then be suitable. Yeah, but can you do that in like what over the Christmas, and then with like twenty games to spare? It's a t- it's a tough ask. I if anyone can do it, Chris Hewton can do it. Mm. I like him. I still I still can see I can see Big Sam rocking up to Watford though, going here, lads, pints of gravy, we can do this, you know. Um, let's hope not. So um, <laughs> pints of gravy. <laughs> Stop. Uh, so Crystal Palace won, Liverpool two. We can add this to another to the category of Liverpool got away Being with it. Being so fucking lucky. Oh wow, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's if it, I don't know if it's the interlude that fucks us up or not, but it was the kind of same problem we had last time. There was an interlude. We had what the last the first game we had, I think it was against Villa, and we were just like just not on the pace at all. Like, um, exactly the same thing here. If Palace had pushed us big time, Tompkins uh, scored a fantastic header that was ruled out by VAR because IU fell lower in the build up and had nothing to do with the game. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with the goal. And I can, I'm happy to say that as a Liverpool fan. Like, it, like it should have stood. But, again, because it's VAR, because it is a foul, they've seen it, they have to rule it yeah. out. You know. Like well, I said, they I make up their own minds of what they do actually see, but, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, for the ball, like, especially with the, all kind of, we had other games with the handball shenanigans as well. So, it's, it's, it's never exact an exact science with VAR anymore. It just seems to be, like, on a case-by-case basis now, <laughs> unfortunately. Either way, uh, Manny got us um, back ahead, if you like, Yeah. Um, in the second half. Ultimately, it's been the story of our season. Really bad first halves, really okay or decent second halves that end, us, end up winning us the game. I think it's the seventh time this season we've had a 2-1 win. Yeah, like, it is, like that. That, but that is kind of the worrying thing. Like you said, Leicester have gotten into routine of winning. Mm. And so, like Liverpool are well into that. Like They're not used to dropping points. They're not used to... You know, they're always good for a last minute goal. Yeah, that's the that is the kind of the at least the the nice thing in that sense is that we're playing so poorly, but we're still winning. You know, like that's again they've always said it's a mark of a champion and stuff like that. But it definitely seems seems to be part of the as a word the psyche of the squad. Even if they're not playing well, you still get a game, still eke it out like, and you still get the three points no matter how uh, how bad you're playing. And it seems to be the case here. Zaha. Um, Equalizer Palace late on, eighty two minutes. Really good goal, proper Zaha classic. Yeah. Um and then like three minutes later Firmino just like poked the, the ball into the net after a big goal mouth scramble. It's been the type of goals that like these scrappy, scrappy not like goals, you know, yeah. you're kinda of used to Salah doing a big whopper or yeah. Mane getting a fantastically placed ball, but like yeah, no, it's the ones the toe pokes that win you the league and Exactly, yeah. You're on the way there. Yeah, hopefully. Um as, as again it's, you can always treat these games in a vacuum and say like, oh well Salah had a bad game or Gomez had a bad game and this sort of thing. In the end, if we win the league, none of it will matter. <laughs> so we can only hope. Yeah. Um moving on then uh, to the other side of uh, of the Mersey. Everton nil, Norwich two. <laughs> Shock fucking horror, Everton are bad. They're so bad. Like, it's unbelievable how terrible they are. It's like, and it's, it is, a lot of it is down to Marco Silva. A lot of it is down to the squad he's made. It's just, I don't know where you start with Everton. It's a comedy of errors, you know? Like, our, our, being an Arsenal fan has not been fun. Mm. Um, But I am so fucking grateful I'm not an Everton fan. Yeah. Because I can't like any of that team. Like, there's two ex-Arsenal players there who were kind of wishy-washy players Mm. when they were at Arsenal anyway. Um, Like, just... 
I don't know where you start it, I don't. I don't know how to put it together because if you look at their team and you're like, hmm, decent player on FIFA. <laughs> this is it. It's a FIFA team. It's like someone's put their ultimate team together and expecting it to work. Like, I don't know if Marco Silva is a massive, like, football manager head, but you do realise that, like, that's a game, right? You can't just put, like, I don't know, look, let's look at their midfield. Their midfield, or their, actually, no, their defence is the best example here, right? You've got Mason Holgate, who, as anyone knows, who plays football manager. You get your new player in, that's automatic bonus for you. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Digne, oh, yeah, he's hot shit. We had to put him in. Yerry Mina, young. Sadebe, young. He's a loan signing. He'll do good. You know, the AI says, oh, yeah, these guys are brilliant. But they'll score goals. It's like, hello, defence? <laughs> you you realise, like, you need a solid defence here. Where's your... There's no Michael Keane. He's on the bench. Seamus Coleman on the bench. The, the main thing for me is that, like, Everton have absolutely no identity. Like, the Everton sides of old, I remember, like, sp- getting spooked by old Everton sides under Moisey. Yeah. Because they were all shithouses. Mm. You know, you had your Duncan Ferguson's, you had your Methelanes, you had your Leighton Baines... Leighton Baines doesn't make the bench anymore. And even though he's, he's fully fit... He's still on the fit, books. Yeah, he's, 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 he's technically... I didn't the, even know that. I thought he was like retired. He's technically the club captain. And he doesn't make the, he doesn't make the team. Marco Silva doesn't like him. He was uh, on the bench for the Everton shocking. game. Yeah, it's absurd. Like Now, I think it, a lot of it is down to his fitness. Like, he had that bad groin injury and I don't think he ever really recovered from it. But even still, like, you have to have players like that on the bench because it's just better for the team. Like, it's better for the club to have players like that. Um, but... It doesn't seem to register with Marco Silva. He's trying to make this like absurdly metropolitan team and it just is not working. Like Everton is not a metropolitan team. They never have been and they never should be. They should be they should be like the, the local Liverpool team as opposed to us being the Metropolitans, you know what I mean? You know, like it, they've got Moise Kane, don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, and his dad hates it so much he wants him to go back to Syria. Ah, indeed. Which indeed. is such a shit league. <laughs> I know. But that's but, the thing. He has, like, Moisey Kane has not, has not actually settled in with Silva. Yeah. He seems to quite like being at Everton. That yeah, could be another you job know. for Emery. Mm. Because, you know, chaotic team that makes no sense. Maybe. I, I, Doesn't I like see... to defend. Yeah. Grant. <laughs> it's part of the course, isn't it? like yeah. Emery. And he'll probably make a really defensive formation to try and help out that terrible defence. And the last thing is, like, I can see Everton going for him because... They don't seem to want to do like old British squads. They want yeah. to be able to have like, oh, this guy was good in Germany. Let's bring him over here. It's like, do you actually remember why you were good in the first place? Or you, do you just want to be generic Premier League sides? You know, like, are you Everton or Harchester United? <laughs> they're they're going to be Merseyside Blue. Yeah. <laughs> they're going full Pez on his yeah. lads. You never go full Pez. You really shouldn't. Um, on the plus side, though, props and Arch. It's their first win since October, I think. Which is just fantastic for them. Yeah. And the main thing is... And that could kick off their bounce up season beat Arsenal today. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoilers, even though the match is still too all as we stand. Um, but yeah, the big difference for us, for them in this sense, is that they had um, their, some of their defenders back. And also, Pookie got an assist, which he hasn't done anything in a while. So that was good. Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't do anything this match day at all, did he, Rachel? No. No, when I talk about my fantasy football team, and I think that was just a sign that he was going to do well. <laughs> he therefore doesn't exist so long as he once he's out of the, the football team, he's he, del- he deletes. Yeah, he's yeah. he's gone to the shadow realm. Yeah. Um. But I yeah. transferred him to po- Professor Oak. <laughs> he boxed him. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the daycare center now, pumping out eggs nonstop. <laughs> the Finnish team needs more players. Um. But yeah, like a lot of it can be put down to Zimmerman coming back from injury. Um, he's been the, he's probably the most prominent defender, if you like. Um, and yeah, like just the difference the difference in the defense was something else. 
Um, they've also rejigged the midfield a little bit to be a bit more steely. They've they're not like putting on guys like Buenadilla and Varancic who are more their playmakers. They're like really kind of digging yeah, into the midfield. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, it seems to work, and it seems to work in a good bit against Arsenal here. So yeah, starting they're starting to find their feet a bit, but is it too late? I wonder. Um, moving on then. Speaking of too late, <laughs> Arsenal two, Southampton two. Christ, this was the watershed, wasn't it? Yeah, this was the watershed. Um, were you watching the match? Do you want to? Take us through it. Um, I did not watch the full match. And I'm glad I didn't because I genuinely think I would be sanctioned. Um, <laughs> like, Gardy involved. Yeah. You know, everything. Um, yeah, like, it was so bad that even when we scored a last minute equaliser, which usually is a bit where you're going, yeah, well done, like, finally, there. we yeah. got it. We finally got this goal. That was, it was not finally coming. It was shocking. Yeah. And the team didn't even celebrate. And I think a lot of people have kind of put forward that they didn't celebrate because they're like, fuck, we've kept Emery in the job. Yeah, I definitely get that impression. Um, I found it so surreal Um, from that point. Of, like, even the fact that, like, Ingsy... Like scoring, I think he's like fourth game in the row now, something absurd like that. Um, taking the lead, and then I believe it was Lacazette a good bit afterwards, you know. Yeah. Um, but still, it was one off for for the for the bulk of the game, and like Arsenal were just all over the shop. Like I remember watch trying to keep up with the updates, and I believe the formation changed three times during the game. Three times, yeah, and Insane. then we conceded a penalty. Yeah, and like and Leno. <sighs> Saved the first penalty in twenty two attempts, mm. and then and, it, and just no one following up. And on no one followed it. it. Yeah. Like I don't, in fairness, I don't think you can really blame the team for that. But no. especially when the soft sense of over in Yeah, but it was well. just, yeah, it was just like yeah, fuck, look. It was it was it was insane. Like and this the this is the problem, and I, I suppose like we can kind of like eulogize it now that Emery's gone. This was like this match in itself was the perfect Emery match under Arsenal. Was that you started off with one formation, you once you went down you went to another formation and then you ended with another one. Just the players had absolutely no idea what they were doing. They didn't know where to be. And the didn't substitutions know where to that he made to change the formations were just like bizarre well, as well. We were talking about this last time, weren't we? Like they do. He seems to do like automatic subs, which is so bizarre because it just you're trying to like anticipate how a game's going to end that's just that's not going to that's not how it works like you do realise that there's other you're not dealing with 11 fucking CPUs here you're dealing yeah. with like 11 it's players it's not like the AI of FIFA is like oh you're going to eke out like a 2-1 like they're going to try and get more mm. scores absolutely like and especially when you have a team with actual Moxie or like Southampton who are actively like trying to work here they're trying to um, you know, save their manager's job here because I do think that the Southampton team quite like Hasenhutl. You know, they actually do want to work for him. Um, and here we are, like you're, you're, you're expecting to for them to sit down and fall over. Like you know, I don't know what you want. In any case, well, like the thing is, we were, like Southampton. Yes, they've been playing well, like better than I suppose. Like since their nine nil dr- like drubbing, like mm. they have kind of been been a bit more cohesive. But like they're not a good team. No, they're like they're trying. Whatever, well done. They're not good. We they're lacking quality. Lacking like, serious quality. They're going in as though they are... Like we, we like the Arsenal team were put out as mm. if they were fucking Man City or Liverpool. Yeah. It's like, fear these guys. Fear the wrath of Shane Long. What, did you guys... I'm trying to look at the... What was the line that began? I'm trying to look at it. Yeah, you guys were playing like seven defensive players against yeah. Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. That's insane. Southampton with the lowest 
score ratio of all the teams in the league or you know some sort of ridiculous stat like that unbelievable and there's such a and then the, and then you're trying to feed in like Ozil and, and the two strikers when there's such a big gap in the midfield it's ludicrous absolutely ludicrous um, like for the most part like you seem to be have the same issue against Norwich but yeah. um, which we'll talk about when it's time to discuss that but it's just like this was the I think for me this was the death knell like the the Eintracht match I think was just the I, apparently it had been decided that Emery was going after the Southampton match but they wanted to make sure there was um, a confirmatory thing with the yeah. yeah I think it was only inevitable with the Frankfurt game but the Southampton game absolutely showed like especially with the Lacazette goal you said like they were even still booing that there's no celebration from this team they knew that this was it like this was the, they, they were after losing the man's job but at the same token even from my point of view you can tell when a team is on a pitch and has no clue what they're doing. They don't know what the direction is. They don't know what, what to, where to go, what to do. Yeah. Like the message just keeps chopping and changing. And in a sense, like it was so um, gradual as well. Because even when Emery started, you guys were hot shit. Like you guys are on a winning streak. I know you were frail defensively. And there were warning signs there with the halftime subs and the formation changes. But that just kept going. I think, yeah, like uh, it's been said as well in Arsenal podcasts, and you probably mm. haven't heard this mm. as a result, but um, it was kind of refreshing from being, you know, 22 years of Wenger waiting until the 70th minute and making Being so rigid about yeah. it, yeah. Um, that this whole thing of like, oh, he realised this isn't working, right? Let's, like, you know, try a new tactic. This is nice, this is mm. new. And then it was like, oh, he, he got it wrong again. Oh, he's, he's got it wrong again. Oh, yeah. but we've, we've won. We've got, uh, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang, like, helping us out and yeah. getting us through these games. Uh, it really does help when you have two of the best strikers in the league. You yeah. Know, like, dragging it around. Like, as is often the case with some teams that are lacking, like, that kind of direction or quality. Once you have got genuinely talented players in the squad, that will paper over the cracks. But yeah. ultimately, you're going to suffer at some stage in the, down the line, and this was it. Like, this was the the point of no return you know um, it's funny because a lot of like even even discussing with Neil who was obviously not here today fighting wild dogs in the remaining forest um, he was even saying like he was convinced 100% convinced that he was going to be here until the end of the season Just, did you get that impression or did you feel like this was it I don't like to ever predict what Arsenal are thinking because it always seems to be the opposite of sense mm. um, <laughs> um, but glowing a door for your club there by the way <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for wrecking my house. Sorry, sorry um, too far for this place. <laughs> but, uh, I didn't want to predict that he would go, but I really, really did feel like that. The board coming out and making two statements in the space of two weeks on yes, we have the backing of the manager. Mm. Uh, it's like mm, it's a warning shot. Yeah, it's a warning it sign. is. Yeah. Like, and he was under such a fierce amount of pressure, and there was like there was nothing redeeming about our performances. I think after the Leicester game where we lost two 0 he was like, "Yes, but we played well," and everyone was like, "What the yeah. absolute yeah. fuck? We did not play well," and like that was for me. That was him kind of saying, "Like, like, look, I'm delusional. Get me out of here." Yeah, I think you. I think the word he kept using in the last couple of weeks was improvement. I was just like. Like, if you're still improving after two years, that means you're not improving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't keep they, saying that like he's not worth it. It's overused. We have the squad there that shouldn't need to improve. It should just play to its ability. Exactly, and we yeah. should be okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we've got the best squad, but I'm... Like, there are players that are not playing to their absolute ability, and that mm-hmm. is very, very... Like, I think Bernd Leno is keeping us in this game right now. It really is. You guys um, have been rattled some fears here. <laughs> four minutes to go. Yeah. 
anyway, um, we will talk more about Arsenal when we get to your vision in, yeah. in the show afterwards, and we will get back to this uh, match against Norwich uh, in the next match day. But we have to talk about the evening kickoff, which was uh, Man City versus Chelsea. One of the tight- this got completely lost among mm. the uh, despair of the Arsenal game. Yeah, <laughs> and I, Bar Wars. I didn't even know the result until I looked it up because of my fantasy football team. Yeah, objectively, uh, a really, really good game. Really good game. Um, Frank Lampard's it... Chelsea doing well against Pep Guardiola's kind of struggling Man City team. Ailing, ailing Man City squad, yeah, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, they certainly they don't definitely don't feel like like uh, title contenders at the moment. No, they don't. In a weird way, like they're, but they're still our biggest threat. I think it's just solely because they're Man City and how good they can be. But they are really they do seem to just like I think they are priorities are elsewhere. You know. Um, most of this game was end up ended up in the first half. Kante took the lead for Chelsea, and then De Bruyne did his typical De Bruyne goal. Uh, Mares then scored right after that, so it was pretty much ended two one after that. But yeah. it was a really good game. Um, both teams just went hell for leather. Could have been any scoreline. Like, do Do you think Man City are just gonna focus on Europe with the absolutely threat, yes with threat that they're gonna be thrown out of Europe as of financial fair play well misdoings. <laughs> As is often the case with UEFA, if you have a financial problem with them, you can deal with it by right. adding more money to the situation. Yeah. Just like, you know, we seem to have a serious issue with our accounts. Already? Do you want to do you check that again? <laughs> Here's a brown envelope for you <laughs> to check again. Put all your money into this brown envelope and watch it multiply. Yes. Um, would you like a cheat code? Because we <laughs> have all of them. Um, I don't think that'd be serious trouble. Like, they've they've already, like, won two appeals against um, various different kind of dubious transfers and all the kind of, like, backhanded deals to do with other yeah. clubs like you just it's there's actually no point anymore because there is no fucking rules against this sort of stuff anymore you know it's all just basically like a little white flag from UEFA at this point you know we might as well just take the piss and say oh do you know what? that's fine we're just going to buy the entire city of Liverpool and we're going to turn it into one big club <laughs> we're going to turn it into Merseyside Blue <laughs> we are, so, yeah I can imagine just like club going in just going hello good evening we have bought everything <laughs> your move Man City <laughs> Um, but yeah um, funny enough it hasn't been a great fortnight for Chelsea they haven't won in uh, three games yeah, both but in, they're uh, still being managed by Frank Lampard so they are fantastic and amazing and should never ever change mm-hmm. the curious thing is now they have lost their main man Abraham uh, and as we've noticed from uh, the West Ham game we'll be talking later on could be quite a concern for them because they did not look good in that match uh, no and he has a kind of a weird problem isn't it it's some sort of abdomen he seems to have strained his abdomen or it's not a rib injury it's just something like in his adductor you know yeah. um, which can be annoying a really annoying injury to oh, heal yeah, I've, done it, I've done it before myself mm. but uh, yeah like it's it's just a strange one to kind of you don't hear a footballer's kind of yeah I suppose I don't know for GAA players it's kind of a common one because you could do you it are ju- more stretching ju- and more stretching, kind of jumping yeah. up to catch a ball I think um, I think his issue was that he was um, going for oh oh <laughs> Oh, Alex Tetty has just saved Norwich's bacon there, lads. Oh. oh, man. This is still on the break here. We've literally got seconds left in this oh, Arsenal game here. For fuck's sake. We're go cut, almost. Cut light to the action here. Or Norwich taking the draw? They're taking yeah, the draw. They're taking the draw. They're taking well, the draw. There's the whistle. Smart lads. Oh. Ah, look, it can't be helped. Okay. Okay, Freddie Lumberg starting Mustafi is off to a bad start in my books. <laughs> can't be helped, I guess. To be fair, this was is is probably much pretty much the same team that Emery would have played. So I, I suppose he's not changing too much at the minute. 
Yeah, if they had their drills worked out from the week and stuff. Yeah, give it, give it a little uh, week and see how it goes. I think yeah. if memory was managing this, <laughs> it would have been a lot. This is true. This is true. Uh, the Sunday game then uh, was actually really, really fun. I watched this myself. Sheffield United three, Man United three. Now, to say that Man United were bad in this game is a fucking understatement. Um, Sheffield should have won this game by at least three 0 Quite frankly, um. They were all over them in the first half. Like John Fleck got the only goal of the first game, a first half. But by all accounts, they had United dead to rights even even before yeah. that goal. Um, it's 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 weird because like, I still can't get like we've we've spoken about how weird like Sheffield United game is. You know, like how their their formation can't people can't figure it out, can't control. How them, do you do overlapping centre backs? It's gas. Like it, it, they seem to have like cracked a little bit of a code in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's it's kind of amusing that way. Um, but for the most part, like United having no game plan really kind of showed up here. Oh, you know, like I I've only seen the highlights now, but mm. Jesus Christ, it was like you versus me playing FIFA. I like it was just an annihilation of me yeah. just like please just pass. Oh no, I've lost again. Oh no. It was exactly yeah. In, in a way, it was that because. <laughs> Like, but even then, it was also me like forgetting what the shoot button was. You know, like granted, there's not many goals. Oh, yeah, in like the... getting true on goal and then like squaring it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. L one, fuck one <laughs> button, um, or accidentally throwing the controller out the window. <laughs> it's like oh shit, 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 shit. shit. Um, but yeah, like, there's not many goals in the Sheffield team anyway. Even though they are playing really, really good. Um, but Musa, uh, his second goal was absolutely brilliant. But not because of what Musa was doing, what McGoldrick was doing, right? So, it's a Sheffield United break, and I think Lundstrom gets the ball from midfield, and I just, this is what I love with the Sheffield United team, like, they're all, like, they're not, like, good, like, world-class players in a sense, but their mm. system is so fucking good. They're really, really, everyone is clued in as to how the system works. Absolutely, absolutely, and you can see that, because what McGoldrick does is, right, he's on, um, I think it was a Williams, or was it a Jones, I can't remember, I think it was Williams. The young lad, and he's um he's on McGoldrick duty, right? So what McGoldrick does is so smartly, he makes her run away from the box, right? So that pulls Williams away, away, away from him, and all that does is is let Musa go in square in towards the box, and no one's tracking him because yeah. Jones is on him. So all that McGoldrick's done is is move away from goal, right? And he looks like the most obvious pass, but then obviously, you know, Fleck is uh, or I think it was yeah I think it was Fleck that um was uh, on the ball. And he just squared it straight to Musa and in on goal against the Haya. Such a simple goal that's like so easily done by just being smart about football. But the fact that like a United side who, by all accounts, I think it was actually it wasn't Jones with Maguire that was on Musa Judy, didn't even notice it. Just completely the Red Sea parted like for a for a Sheffield United goal. But it was so easy in execution. That's what made it so wonderful to look at. You know, like any football team can do this. Sunday league sides can do this if they just pay attention. Yeah. If they're just smart enough to do it. And yet they're, they're just outfoxing what is supposed to be one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, like, I, I actually just love it. I just love to see it. Yeah. And, um, it's the Irish lads, a lot of the Irish lads doing well. Yep. Very um, playing so If smartly. Ireland played like Sheffield United played, we'd be fucking laughing. Chris Wilder, if you're interested in taking a job for the FAI, uh, you know, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we will take you <clears throat> if you're willing to 
suck John Delaney's dick every so often, even though he's not even the like technical director. Anymore. Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's the it's initiation. Just, it's, right. it's still in the contract. Like they can't get rid of that. It's a tradition. It's like um, it's like the Freemasons. You know, like it's, <laughs> you have to go into the society. You have to like you know put the cock in the mouth, and then you're done. You got your job. Yeah. Um. So this is the weird part. Um. Man United scored three goals in seven minutes. And were all all their are essentially academy graduates. Um, their their player they had playing a right back was Brandon Williams, and uh, he actually had a pretty good game to be fair to him. Um, really tried his best. I don't see much of him as a talent as such, but you know he, he had a good game in this one. Scored a really good goal from outside the box. Uh, just trickled in. Then Mason Greenwood came on for Martial and scored like basically with his first, first kick of the game. Touch, yeah. yeah. He's a good player though. I quite like him. I have him in my fantasy squad. I know he doesn't get the minutes, <coughs> but I'd say they could rely on him when they're stuck, when they're like up against these type of teams where mm. they're just being battered and they just need some sort of fresh. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those rare players who's like a striker, but he's also he's perfectly adept with both feet. So he will be very, very like necessary in in certain games. Yeah. And then Rashford popped it off and made a three two. That was until Ollie McBurney came on from his drunken stupor and uh, equalised in injury time. VAR had to check this because uh, there was a suspected handball, but it was deemed to hit his shoulder and the goal stood. Again, I would think Sheffield can feel a little bit aggrieved here. They should have beaten United here. They really, really should have. But anyway, you can't say, like, for Sheffield before the season, if you said, here, you're going to draw a trio with Man United. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Monday night football then was like was the Steve Bruce Derby lads. Oh uh, yeah. Was Aston Villa two Newcastle nil, and therefore by the clause of the Steve Bruce Derby, that means Newcastle have to keep Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Villa get to move on with their lives. Um, this game was pretty much all Conor Hurricane. Gee, his free kick. Oh. I loved it. Just so well done. Um. They were kind of like there was a little bit of gamesmanship going on because it looked like Grealish and Hurray was having a bit of a like a back and forth over who should take it, and it was all gamesmanship on their side. Yeah, you know, so like Hurray, like all they were doing like was Hurray going here. Listen, like I will tap it to you, touch it, and move it like a little bit so I can get the angle on the Brock's yeah. near side, and I've just worked out so perfectly. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, really, really good. And again, if you want to do that for Ireland, Connor, like you know, we're waiting. I think we have to get free kicks first. Is the thing like we're not we're so bad at and even don't getting fouled. Just give them to Glenn Whelan to <laughs> whack. No, never mind. Um, and yeah, like four, literally four minutes later, Hurricane does pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Puts the ball on the El Ghazi's head, and Villa has the game won by this point. You know. Yeah. There was literally there was nothing else to this re- game really. Um, Villa huffed and puffed for more goals, but they just looked really steady. Yeah, they're you know? they are a fun team to watch. Unfortunately, yeah. I think Gre- Gre- Greenish should have got a goal in this game too, but just just didn't happen for him in the end. Uh, and Newcastle really kind of showed themselves up in that they all their like their points are in defence. You know, their defenders are more of an attacking. Which, when you look attackers. at the likes of Sam Maximum and like mm. uh, Frogface. Uh, his name. What's his name? Almiron. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I knew who you were talking about makes it worse. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm never going to not unsee that now. He's going to look like a frog for me. He's a, he's the frog prince. He's going to look like that all the yeah, time now. Yeah, that's it. Oh shit. Okay. They they look like they should be able to score goals. It's weird. Like in theory, yes. It just I think they just don't work on it enough. Or at least, uh, at least we say Maximin, he's the type of guy that makes space for other people. Yeah, And yeah. someone should convert that. But Joel Linton hasn't done anything he's at all. He's been absolutely shocking. Yeah. 40 million well spent, lads. Well yeah. done to you. Indeed. 
funny should talk. I don't know why we should not stop talking about Newcastle because uh, they're the first game on our next match day. Yes. And they held Man City to a two-all draw. That was <laughs> amazing. It was quite something. Um, like losing 2-0 to Aston Villa, mm-hmm. but losing 2-0 to Cotter Hurren. Yes. And then, like this is like Man City being preoccupied with Europe. Like they did quite well during the week. Yeah, it's just preoccupied generally, I think is the best way to say yeah, it. You yeah, know, like well, a Newcastle maybe, side. Maybe they're being preoccupied because they're trying to keep Arteta from jumping across mm, to Arsenal. This is very true. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps the Everton dropped. You could take both. Yeah. You know? yeah. At the same time. At the same Yeah, he'd probably do it too, in fairness. But, um, yeah, I think the story of this match very much was Newcastle just digging in, not giving up. Um, they did. They do. This formation seems to really hurt, or just generally facing Newcastle seems to really piss off Man City. Because last time this happened, Man City lost. So, a yeah. uh, bit of an improvement, lads. Well done. But, uh, yeah, the back five, the runners from midfield, like having Maximin and Almiron, who obviously don't have much end product, but they are able to just run. And they're mm. really good at that part. And Man City don't like it when people run against them. Especially when you have spanners like fucking Ottoman, Mendy or Stones in defence. Who just can't seem to mark anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's shocking. It's really bad. Um, Some cracking goals in this game though. Um, the Williams goal I quite liked. Because I think it was Amaron who actually made a run. And got an assist by the way. 24 games since he's joined uh, Newcastle. And finally got his first assist. For an attacking well midfielder. Done you. Good boy, you're you're my favourite frog. Um <laughs> and Williams' goal was actually quite good. He was playing supposed to be playing at left back. Um but he's obviously one of those types that just keeps bombing forward, just having the having the crack like. Uh, and he just plays it really well, just go, drills it underneath Ederson. Really good goal. The De Bruyne goal though, did you see this? I have not. Oh my god, it just I don't think the ball could go any faster. Like, I really don't know how it's possible. Like, I'd love to see that measures because I'm fairly sure he'd give fucking tennis players a fucking crack at, at it. Like, you know, he just, like... I think he gets it from, like... I think he gets a square to him by somebody. And he just goes... Like, it's such an angry shot as well. Like, you can tell he's just pissed off, like, yeah. being held by these fuckers. So he just bams it in. And, like, Dubravka has already has died with the balls already in the net you know what kind of way like yeah no it's, it's already like it's faster than the speed of light exactly yeah like, there's no saving it it's actually it's safer for yourself if you just get out of the way and not get hit by it you know um, but not to be outdone Joe jo Shelby then <laughs> scored six minutes later with a Shelby goal literally the almost the exact same thing Shelby left foot like sw- uh, curved it away from Ederson top corner and I was just like that's my boy. Yeah. That's um, my boy. <laughs> You're useless most of the season, but just <laughs> that time we need you, lad. You're there for us. Um, yeah, great stuff altogether. Moving on then to the 3pm kickoffs. Uh, starting off with Burnley nil, Palace 2. Um, bit of our wars in this, but not much. Uh, mostly for for Palace. They had a goal ruled out pre, uh, before they properly scored. Um, Zaha scoring uh, for two games in a row now, which means uh, someone's looking for him in January. <laughs> Tis the season. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, like look, putting on his look at me boots. Yes. Uh, any Chinese clubs interested, by all means, uh, <laughs> come up with your finest ivory. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of typical Palace away win. Burnley didn't have much to show for it. Um, par for the course, really. Just your standard Premier League game, really. Yep. Had your VAR, had your Burnley, had your fish and chips, had your Palace, Wilfred Zaha, Roy Hodgson's wobbling chins. Just... <laughs> <laughs> just your typical eighth place uh, match on match of the day so yeah not much to say for it now here's something surprising Chelsea nil West Ham one 
Like, I still think you're lying to me about the scoreline. No, no, I can tell you this actually happens. And you know what the difference was? Roberto. Wasn't Roberto in wasn't in goal. Yes. They brought in 33-year-old David Martin, who was a free signing from Millwall. Oh. Yes. Um, he was a... In the summer, they signed two keepers, which was Roberto and David Martin, to, to uh, replace Adrian. Right, okay. So that's what... So they had gone... They'd been relying on Roberto for most of the season, obviously. And then this is the first time they said, okay, let's give this 33-year-old man a chance. And, and he did it. And a clean oh, sheet. this is a great story. They should make like a movie out of this. No, it's it's actually lovely. He, I think he, I don't know if he got man of the match or not. I can't tell. Um, either in any case, uh, he kept a clean sheet against Frank Lampard's Chelsea, which is a big deal, man. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, that's, that's like if, against normal Chelsea, yeah, sure, but against Frank, Frank Lampard's yeah. Chelsea, big deal, yeah. big deal. But it was lovely. He did the. Um, I remember seeing his post match interview, and he's actually quite emotional. Because his dad is building a like a long, he was a, was the diehard West Ham fan, so this is seeing him like uh, his son in like the West Ham sticks. So he's getting yeah. quite emotional about it, you know. Aww, it's quite. It's a lovely a nice story. story. It's a lovely footballing story. Um, very much in the category of you love to see it. You also love to see the goal that Cresswell scored to uh, put Chelsea ahead. West Ham ahead, surely. Yeah, sorry, West Ham. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um. The reason I was on my mind because Kepa, shockingly, is really should have been a goalkeeper. Really? Yeah, he's not good. Oh. He's not good. He's not. He's not had a good few games because I remember I was. We'll be talking about this in Eurovision, but um, he was uh really bad at um, the Valencia game. Look, I fought for at least one of the goals, and his position was just way off. Like, um, I think was it in the West. I think it was in, the, in either in this game or in the Valencia game, but he was completely off his line, like out of the box. Yeah. And just got completely like mugged basically off the ball and nearly conceded like a proper like I don't know Claudio Bravo goal if you like but Kepp has been really really poor like he's been like probably the worst player on that Chelsea side all season and it's just because they've actually he been just, really he good up front he isn't fueled by the anger that he had for Sarri like that's he had the last thing season. I think like, he's missing him you know yeah, like, he, he, that antagonistic I'm yeah. going to just do what I want in goals yeah and the, and the problem is you can't get rid of him either because he's just going no these are <laughs> my goal sticks mine you're not my I'm real not dad. I'm leaving the pitch. No. <laughs> You're not my real dad. I want Sarri back. Um, but yeah, the I suppose the main takeaway from this match as well was that um, they didn't have um, Abraham because of the yeah. ab- abdominal strain, whatever he has. Uh, Giro's up front, and maybe he's pregnant. Do 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 do. I highly doubt that. Uh, although his first name is Tammy, so who's who, who's to know? But um, yeah, Giro started this game and lost. The team lost all cohesion. They just couldn't hit a barn door. I'm not going to blame Giroud for that. I wouldn't. No, I would not. I think it's because um, I think a lot of the team is based off whoever's up front. Yeah. So everyone's kind of playing off each other to all the interplay. It just happens, like you know. It's but the fact that if the fact that it's against West Ham, I think kind of like really crystallizes it more. It's just like we really shouldn't be losing to a West Ham team like this. You <laughs> yeah. Know? No. That's that in the is, shitter, like yeah. You know. But here you go. Ultimately, that saved Pellegrini's job. For another week. Yeah, and I'm glad because I do still rate Pellegrini. I just think his. (laughs) I just don't think the players are very good. Now I know he's kind of signed some of these players, Mm. but like I like the likes of Roberto and this guy Martin was kind of as a result of uh, Adrian being sold, which I don't think they wanted to do. It's funny because they just it's weird they just seem to sour on Adrian for whatever reason they just like they obviously got Fabianski in and Fabianski just was so much better yeah Yeah, was so much better than they thought it would be so Adrian was just kind of out in the cold um and he was at the end of his contract he was thirty years old 
gone to warmer the bench. He just said, not having it. I yeah. can go to Spain or I can end up in like a Champions League winning team, you know, somehow by accident, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, like it, it, in a sense, like they had to respond and got like, they just got two keepers just for the crack of it. Like, yeah. Um, and there weren't to know really that Fabianski was going to be gone for like for four months, I think the injury yeah. is. So they had to rely on these fucking jobbers. But one was good. One hopefully is not as bad as the other. So we'll see how it goes uh, going towards the Christmas. But um, yeah, a bit of an, I suppose like an outlier, if you like, for the Chelsea side. Should be back to winning ways, you know. We'll see about that. Um, Liverpool 2, Brighton 1. So how... How did this happen? Right, so we were actually okay in this game in the first half, which is probably the first time I could say this, say that this season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, two identical goals that we scored. Um, Trent Corner, Van Dijk header for the first goal. Trent free kick, Van Dijk header for the second goal. Right. Okay. Six minutes in between each other. Yeah. Almost identical goals, which is great for my fantasy football team. Yeah, not, not for mine. I know, I'm sorry. So, Brighton did actually come back into it then for towards the end of the first half. Again, we were just decided, no, let's, we got 2-0, let's just coast and just settle yeah. down. Because the main the main thing we'll be talking about in Eurovision was um, we've lost Fabinho to a pretty long-term injury. I say long-term, but it's long-term for us when we've got 12 games to play yeah. <laughs> in eight weeks. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, so that was, that was a real shocker. Um, so our change was that we put Ox into the midfield and Wijnaldum's playing as our the holding midfielder. Which he's surprisingly yeah. decent at. He's like, I thought he was anyway, and he was just kind of moved forward more by Klopp mm. and doing it. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's like he's like very much of our possession player. So because like Wijnaldum is so goddamn versatile, like you play him in, we played him in centre back once, we played him in striker once. You know, you just play anywhere. He's such a good footballer. Um, but I suppose like his natural position is like a number ten, and he's like. He hasn't been played as number 10 since he's at Newcastle, which is so weird. He's great at... He's actually... If you ever watch the Dutch team, he's their number 10 in place of like... Wow, okay. um, in place of the likes of Depay, who's like pushed out left or someone else like that. And he's genuinely quite good at it, you know? Um, but he's there as a number six and he's kind of like... He'll change now with Henderson and Lallana, who'll be also... All as our, he'll be, they'll be our number sixes over the Christmas period. They're not ideal because like Fabinho's so big. And so, like, yeah. so cl- in a way, like, uh, like clumsy, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad sense. It's like no, he'll nick the ball off you. Yeah, it'll be like a scrappy tackle. <clears> very scrappy, yeah, and yeah. it's so hard to get the ball off then. Yeah. You know, but the only thing about Fabinho is that he has such a brilliant pass in him. You know, we've had a few assists from him in the past where he just literally just goes, "I'm not going to bother going like to the wings that we normally do. I'm just going to just hit the ball thirty yards, and someone will pick it up." Yeah. It's a real over the top ball. Yeah, you know, we're going to miss that now, um, and we were kind of missed that in this game where. Brighton decided, okay, they were running the back five, but decided, let's abandon that and just flood the midfield. And that's ultimately what happened. They started controlling it. Um, Gross and Trossard were starting to interplay a bit. And so was Pro- Proper had a great game against us as well. And uh, in the end, uh, they were kind of like knocking on the door a good bit. And then for whatever reason, Alisson made a really serious fuck up in the second half uh, and handed the ball outside the box. I think it was because, I think our lads were up front and just a long... Like long pass, long pass got played up to Melpoint. Kind of took out of, you know, out of the game sort of way. Kind, kind of, of, yeah. It wasn't Melpoint actually. Ball it was ball watching. Yeah, ball watching exactly. Yeah. Um, and he was genuinely trying to like. It was because it was like such a sudden thing. Like he instantly went to catch yeah, the yeah. ball without realizing he was three five yards out, and it was just an automatic red card. Like he had to go out, go yeah. out. And even weirder was that when we got Adrian in, right. Who, um, as Klopp was explaining earlier, was uh, in his words frozen, like he was absolutely freezing. And the um, like the 
the kids are obviously like custom made for wherever he has like so there's no under armor for him so he's put on a cold kick cold gloves yeah. trying to go in trying to warm himself up and it's a free kick to be taken so he's there warming up going okay alright guys alright guys organize the wall oh fuck it's gone in <laughs> so they no one realised that the referee had blown his whistle because he was too busy organising the defence yeah. so Lewis Dunk who was just on the ball got the whistle just bang just kicked it straight straight and into the goal so it was a pretty nervy 15-20 minutes after because obviously we had to surrender I think we took Ox off out yeah. of midfield um, yeah. which was not a great idea in hindsight but um, either way we got away with it in the end because Brighton really were like knocking at the door for most of the game they're not a bad team, Brighton. They no, really I aren't. enjoy watching them. Yeah. I like Dunk. He's in my fantasy football team. Indeed. Uh, got a good goal out of it in the end. Yeah. So, next up then, our Spurs game. And it's a fucking Groundhog Day again here, lads. It's Tottenham 3, Bournemouth 2. Um, pretty much the exact same game as the West Ham one. Um, fairly comfortable in the first half. Got the three goals up. And then just ran out of steam, you know? It's just been that kind of... It's, it seems to have been their, like, their, like, epitome of their reign of Mourinho so far. Um, the one player that actually has been doing exceptional for him is Mendele Ali. Like, holy shit, the difference that, in him. It's very frustrating because I don't rate Ali <clears throat> as a player. Mm. Yet he's definitely one of these, like, pricks who gets on. Like, I suppose pricks get on with pricks. True. Uh, Mis- misery does love company. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mourinho's just taken him under his bat wing and is now... <laughs> just the idea of addressing Batman. from his bat tit and... Uh, <laughs> Ali's, I am the Dark Knight. Yeah, embracing the darkness. No, I am good again. Yes, I am the Dark Knight. I have, I have the Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I am Robin. Uh, no, uh, he has been actually really good. And I think the difference is that he's actually playing as a number 10. Um, but Pochettino most preferred Ali playing like further back in the midfield. And you could tell towards the end of the Pochettino tenure, like he just, I'm not having this anymore. I want to play, I want to keep scoring goals. I think a lot of people kind of see that as well. Like they do see him like best as a number 10. The problem is though, like you have You've a choice between Ericsson. Yeah. Ericsson, exactly. So it seems that like it seems that um Jose has made his decision. He wants Ali over Ericsson, which is quite interesting for the contracts coming up in the summer. Yeah, you know? very interesting. So you might get Ericsson on a free lads. You know, just saying. Um. So it's quite interesting to see how that's gonna go. Um. Ultimately, like they have been goals. You really know Mourinho has changed Spurs because their third goal was was. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Was scored by Musa Sissoko. Fuck's sake. I know. I, I know. I know. It's bad. It's yeah. Problem. That's problematic. Yeah. Um, but Bournemouth did get back into it again. Just Spurs ran out, ran out of steam. They seem to have enough for like 70 minutes and then just Old gone. age hits them. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, Harry Wilson scoring two goals. One was a fantastic free kick that um, I think people are realising like Wilson's kind of in that category now of the likes of Hurricane or maybe Ward-Prowse. Yeah. And I suppose Trent Alexander Arnold, if you like, who like wants to get the free kick in the perfect position, it's going in. Yeah. There's no, there's no saving. Just stop. Just leave, let it go. It's a, it's basically a penalty, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then it was, it was funny because they again, this is a game that Bournemouth could have equalized, like the West Ham one, like Wilson scored in ninety six minutes, and then right from the kickoff, they got a massive counter attack, and both Wilsons were up for, for were ready to go, and I think Wilson, Harry Wilson, that is, he tried to play it to Callum. And Callum fluffed his lines and like Davison was able to clear. But if Will if Harry kept going, he would have scored. Yeah. It's such a weird one. Like and Again, Mourinho getting out a bit lucky. Like the mm. scoreline bit more flattering than Potentially, yeah. Potentially. You know, they deserve. Yeah. 
it's it's kind of a, it's at least rep, if they won three 0 that would have been a bit more ambiguous. You know, that would have said like that's not how the game went. Yeah, yeah. You know, any case, um, evening kickoff then was uh, the relegation playoff. As it turns out, the winner the winner keeps their manager. As it turns out, um, Southampton two, Watford one. More VAR controversy. Would you go, believe? Go for it. Yes. So I saw bits in the start of this uh, last night, but uh, Sarah took the a lead for Watford uh, with a like very Mane esque goal. Actually, funny enough, I have to keep an eye on him. Um, but things happened then in the second half because Southampton kept coming back into it. Foster was doing good work again, keeping them in, keeping Watford in the in the game, but then controversy. Dun, dun, dun. So Gianepo, who's Southampton's new manny, um, yeah. he gets a ball on the byline, right? He, I think he's like he just like kind of shakes off a foul, but he slips, right? And the ball's bouncing, and it hits off uh, his hand. Oh. Right in the box. Oh. Right, and he squares it, and Ingsy just like yeets it in. Basically, he like Ingsy does the same goal he's been doing every game. Yeah. He just does to get in the way. <laughs> yeah, just hit, gets in the way of the ball, and hope it deflects in and around the goal. Basically, yeah. Um, and he's the word, the upset thing is that he's actually quite good at that part. Is the thing. Um, but as I said, VAR should have ruled it out based off the handball rules, and VAR has actually come out. The actual Stocky Parker has come out and said, "Yeah, we should have disallowed that, but we didn't." So Watford, shocking. and this is the shocking part because that goal, in essence, has cost a man's job. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Like, and it was potentially such a, a club being relegated, like. Yeah, and especially now, especially now at this stage, because Watford, I think, are six points away from de- from survive from safety. You know, like that's two wins they got to make up over Christmas, and going with their fixture line, they're not going to make that up. I don't think. You know, unless they get some real shit house in like Big Sam to take the job, you know. Or but Emery. Or Emery, potentially. That, that would be hilarious. Uh, um, but either way, uh, War Prowse then uh, scored a winning goal with a typically solid free kick. Again, no saving it as much as Foster could try. And that was a Hampton's first home win in, I believe, a year and a half. Fucking hell, Yeah, something shocking. like that. I think it's either their first or second home win in a year and a half. Something absurd like that. They are by far the worst home team in like the fucking English league, let alone Premier League. Why do they league. hate their house? It's not like it's full of rats. Maybe it is. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I certainly hope that's not the case. I'd hate my house to be full of rats. That'd Rat be terrible. Rat bastards, indeed. Um, but yeah, really important win for Southampton. Kept Housen Hoodle in the job again for yeah. another week. And unfortunately, Kike did not have that luxury as he was sacked today as of recording. And speaking of as of today, as of recording, uh, Norwich 2, Arsenal 2. Rachel, you were watching some of this game? Uh, yeah. Um, if Emery was in charge, we would have lost that match. Mm hmm. But there at least was enough attacking prowess in that match to outshoot Norwich. Mm-hmm. Which is something we have not managed to do to any team all season, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. So, that's good. We still were shopping bad. We had Mustafi, who kind of mustafi us for the second goal. Mm. Um, Chambers was caught out of possession, had done a brilliant run and brilliant run into the box. Yeah. Ball was taken off us. One ball through down the right wing Chambers obviously out of position and Mustafi was like hmm there's all that space there no I'll just stay where I am yeah and yeah that's what happens yeah pity um, for at least from my point of view I think it's it's a great result for Norwich um, going by the balance of play they did seem they should have done enough to win still lacking a little bit of cutting edge even with Pookie on the field he and did. he's getting back into his form yeah yeah um, looks like playing for Finland seems to be doing that for him because he is a monster for that team 
Yeah. I got him to the Euros, funny enough, which we will talk about in our show tomorrow. Yeah. But um, but yeah, curious enough, like um, I don't think you'd be. I think it'd be foolhardy to expect an instant change just because Youngberg is no, in charge. No, and I don't. I I wasn't. I think a lot of people were excited about the game to see how different the play was. But in fairness, it wasn't much different. We had one mm. training session with Freddie as yeah. manager. Um, you can't really expect too much to change mm-hmm. in that time. Uh, a bit of fire shenanigans in this game as well, wasn't there? Yes, the penalty. we had a penalty awarded. Which is VAR approved, I believe. Yeah. Um, handball. Yeah. Uh, Aubameyang mm-hmm. steps up and Cruel saves it, as Cruel tends to do. Yes, he's quite good at that. Um, but VAR again gets involved to say that there was encroachment. Mm. So the penalty was retaken and Aubameyang makes no mistake the second time. Yes. By the letter of the law, that's fine. I have no issues with that. There was very obvious encroachment from mm-hmm. the Norwich players, so I can't really see why they'd have an issue with it other than like, oh, that's annoying. Um, but yeah, like that was just um, yeah. I like I, I think it was a fair result on both teams. Like I don't think we deserve to win, mm. but I also like Bert Leno doesn't deserve to lose that match. He was unfucking yeah, especially towards the end, he was just rooted to that spot and just kept fucking kept you guys yeah. in it. You know, um, the one thing, the one observation I would have made there is that you started off with a four two one three or sorry four three one two, and you stuck to it. Yeah. So you stuck with the same formation. So at least there is that sort of like, let's just get a formation, let's lock it in and perfect it. Yeah. Enough of this chopping and changing. Enough of the no halftime subs, which yeah. is the better thing. And making like genuinely sensible subs as well, like taking like Guendouzi off for an attacker, taking Ozil off for an attacker. No Pepe, curiously enough though, I've I've noticed. But I think with that formation, I think it's it's a very narrow system. So there's not much width you could have put into that team really, unless you play something like a four three three. Which you might we, do. We didn't see either Tierney or Bellerin in this team. Mm. We saw uh, Chambers and Klasnich on the wings Which, uh, or as fullbacks. Yeah. Um, Klasnich actually did quite well in that game. Um, kind of showed a lot of passion. Mm. Very angry, getting involved, good tackles. Chambers was decent. Like I know he got cut out for the second goal, but looked well going forward. Yeah. Um, but then we had a centre back pairing of Mustafi mm-hmm. and like, Louise and Louise, and yeah. it's just like you're never ever 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 going to keep a clean sheet. It still baffles me as well that like just no one in Arsenal seems to be keen on Chambers as centre back. It just baffles me because he's your best. I think he's your best centre back, pound for pound. I think he's in your best number six, and you still don't seem to play him in the right <laughs> position. It's baffling. I, I would, like, if I was to do a team out at the minute, just on current kind of format, yeah. Holding and Louise, which just shows you how bad Socrates has been in the last while. <laughs> That's um, true, yeah. Holding Louise and centre-back, I'd have Bell, uh, Bellerin mm. out the right wing. Yeah. I'd have Tierney on the left wing. Mm. And I'd have Chambers as a DM. Yeah, I, I, especially if we're looking at, like, how he played for Fulham. Yeah. Fuck me, he's so good at number six. Um, as a single pivot, not a double pivot. No, no, no. no. Nope. Have him just as yeah, a just not as even a as sweeper. a six. Oh, yeah, a sweeper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a Kante or. A... Look how dire he used to be for Spurs. Just in that before he kind of like got really kind of like clumsy with his play. The, the way that Arsenal expect Xhaka to play. Or Matic, Matic when yeah. he was on his game. Yeah, yeah. like he was yeah. really good at that position. That's what I'd like mm. to see. But I think I think the. I think the Arsenal team could do a lot more with as well. Like I think 
depending on how if Youngberg I'm, sticks to the system I don't think it suits him more you need a bit of width just to keep playing balls in you know also you've got the likes of Mark Nelly who's one of the best headers of the game of yeah. the ball in the game at the minute mm. and um, I think having like Bellerin and Tierney just, just like spraying balls in would be spraying great spraying balls into him like you're bound to yeah. and of course you, you can't go wrong with Lacazette well Aubameyang's fairly tall himself. Lacazette's a solid finisher. Yeah. You can get a lot with with width, but it depends on yeah. It depends on where you want to get your width. Do you want to get it from the likes of Pepe and Aubameyang, or do you want to get it from your wing backs? Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. Either way, it's Arsenal very much a work in progress. It depends on how long Youngberg's going to be there because they haven't specified if he's there long term or short term. He's very much the interim manager. That mm. is kind of very much the. The, the line that's being line fed that, like, yeah. He had Per Mertesacker come up as assistant coach today and like everyone's kind of happy about that. And that's, I like seeing that on the bench. Not going to lie. Yeah. This makes me happy. Um, But the players currently don't make me happy. Mm. So... Give it another week and see how it goes. Like you're gonna have a week of solid training now. Yeah, so. a week of Lumberg getting to do his own plays, getting yeah. to pick his own formation. Like I, it could have been a case that this team had been set before. This, left. yeah, exactly. I think the the training the training system would have, would not have been changed just because you just would have been confusing the whole lot of them again. Yeah. At least keep with one message, keep it consistent, and whatever whichever way of play you're gonna go with, just stick to it. Well, what I liked at the end, um, at at the final whistle, mm. Lumberg looked angry. That's you, good. You, Passion. That's that's good Passion. to see. This, yeah. You can see like, well, that was not good enough. Back it anyway. Let's go again. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I never got any of that from memory. But that's good. You should see. We need to see that more. Yeah. And you and hopefully we'll see it more over the next few weeks, depending um, on who gets in as well. So as we speak, the uh, Leicester Everton match. Yes, the uh, Marco Silva uh, remembrance uh, <laughs> battle. <laughs> Merseyside blue. Yes, indeed. Uh, against um, blue fox. Blue fox, fox blue, fox whatever blue, it is. Yeah. yeah. There, there was ne- Leicester was never good enough well, to be in Pez. Yeah, the time, no, they so. weren't. No. Not even Martin O'Neill's Leicester. The blue wickets of the north. <laughs> <laughs> you what made foxes? <laughs> uh, you can tell Vardy was just on screen there. Um, the other game the, that kicked off at the same time as the Norwich game was Wolves versus Sheffield United. Oh yeah. Which ended up as a one-all draw. Yeah. Musay scored in the second goal, second minute. Um, we haven't seen the highlights, so we don't know if there was overlap in centre backs at the time. Let's just assume there was. Uh, Wolves equalised them from a Matt Doherty goal halfway through the second half and that seemed to have been it lads it yeah. seems uh, seems like a fairly humdrum game by all accounts just stat wise but we haven't even seen any highlights no but, so uh, we're, yeah. don't, we're talking very much out of our arse at the moment yeah. uh, as we said we have uh, we have two games that are happening right now so I guess we can just guess what happens maybe and I'm see if we get it right I'm going to say 3-0 Leicester yeah I can only see Leicester beating Everton here and it's going to be a very comfortable one like, yeah. there's, right. there's no chance like, like I said I would love it for Everton to beat Leicester here because then we're officially 11 points clear. But I can't see it happening. Leicester have this nailed down. Absolutely nailed down. Um, and what do you think for the second game? The second game is Man United versus Villa and I can see a Villa win completely. <sighs> I'm going to say 2-1 Villa. Mm, I can see 2-0 Villa. Ooh. Yeah. I actually could see People I... listening in, you already know how wrong we are. Indeed. Uh, that's the wonderful thing of being in the time capsule like this. Um, so... We'll have this opportunity then to take a look at the Premier League table. Liverpool on 40 points, uh, 11 clear of Man City and Leicester. Obviously, depending on how the result goes, that could be down to 8 or 10 or even 11. Uh, all going well, Everton. Uh, Chelsea struggling a little bit now. They're down to fourth, um, 26 points. Maybe out of the race, who knows? It's a bit hard to tell at this stage. Um, top of the pile at the moment, lads, is Spurs. They are fifth place at the minute with 20. Uh, shared with Wolves. And then two teams on nineteen on nineteen points, which is Sheffield United and Arsenal. Yep. 
solid partnership there. Yeah. Um, full come for that Europa League battle. <laughs> and um, Jesus, that's an awful formation. 5 3 2. That's problematic, that is. I don't know what it is about a 5 3 2, but I hate looking at it. I hate looking at Tom Davies' face. <laughs> Harsh. I've never seen it before, but now I just instantly don't like it. I always think he looks a bit like Stewie Griffin. I don't know what it is. Him and McBurney just looking at a competition to oh. see who's the most Stewie. No, I, what's his name? The oh, I'm never gonna remember. It's one of the youths like him. The youths like him. The youths like him. He looks like an idiot. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like talking to my fucking ma here about football. Um, <laughs> top of the table. The rest of the top of the table looks like Burnley and Crystal Palace, both on eighteen points. Man United currently down to 11th, but that can all change depending on how the game with Villa goes. Uh, Bournemouth, West Ham and Newcastle all on 16. Then we have Brighton and Brighton on 15. Aston Villa and Everton currently in a relegation battle uh, with 14 points. And Southampton now up to 18th with their win. Norwich uh, 11 points, so they're still in you know fairly comfortable position there. And Watford only 8 points to their name. Fuck. They are 6 points away from safety. So, whoever you're going to hire, lads, make it good, because you suck and need one. Yeah. Um, so, and that ends our round rundown. So, thank you very much for listening. We will see you tomorrow for our uh, official Liquid Football podcast with all of the fun segments you love and a few little extra things, because there's only two of us here, so we need to fill the air. Yes. So, we'll see you then. Bye.